Hey everyone, this is episode one of the newly reworked Uncivilized podcast. Um, we are uncivilized and unapologetic. Just going to hand it right off to Art. Hey guys, so we apologize for what seems to be forever now that we've been inactive. There was just a bunch of stuff going on in the background. Uh, we didn't have an editor for a while, and both Brady and I felt we were kind of lost with where the project was going, so we basically shut it down without much of an announcement. And then we attempted creating the Wildness Collective, which was a sort of like theorist. Hopefully it was going to be coming, it was going to be something bigger than the Critical Capital podcast, but it never really came to fruition. So essentially what we have now is a synthesis of both the Wildness Collective and Critical of Capital. So I'm I'm going to reintroduce myself and then Bertie will introduce himself for those who are new here, because both he and I have shifted in our own ways. I used to go by Jay, but I go by Art or Artemis now. I'm an ex-Marxist. I've essentially dismissed myself of that label, but I still have plenty of Marxian influence, especially within the concept of history, the state, and the analysis of capital. Um, a, a comparison that can be made is sort of the Jacques Comet sort of way in which he abandoned Marxism, but still had a Marxist analysis, so to speak. I'm largely also influenced by people of Kaczynski, Edward Abbey, uh, Max Stirner and people of that nature, less so of like Zerzan uh, or the Kevin Tucker sort of anarcho-primitivists. I've also sort of gotten into Sergei Nechiev's conception of like what a revolutionary is from his work, The Revolutionary Catechism. And I'm basically the lead writer and editor of the writing branch of this project, which is just found on Medium. We're hoping to design a website for that. But that's basically where I'm at now. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to get this off the ground with Brady. And what we're hoping for is sort of a project that has the podcast side of it here. And like I mentioned already, is the writing side that we find on Medium. And we want to get it a website. And it would kind of have this sort of... uh, journalistic sort of aesthetic to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to keep mine pretty simple. Um, I'm still an anarchist, as you guys know from before, our old videos. Um, I'm a former anarcho-communist and most recently post-left anarchist. I'm a pretty heavy advocate for rewilding and anti-work positions. Um, Like Art already said, uh, Kaczynski and Kamat are some of my biggest influences. I also really like Zerzan's work. Um, I'm a pretty staunch anti-fascist activist, and I strive to improve myself in that capacity even more. Um, And to be honest, I really don't have any ideals or hopes for the future. I just want to break shit. I mean, hey, that's where that's basically where we're all getting. (laughs) You know, the, the Amazon is on fire. The world is falling apart. Greenland. Yeah, a lot of crazy shit has happened since we've been gone. What the hell? Yeah, the last thing we were going to record for Critical Capital was our take on ecofascism and the Christchurch shooting, but the episode never got finished on the editorial side of it. So it kind of got yeah. stuck in development hell. That was a good one too. That was a banger. We we were pretty we were pretty worked up about that. I was hoping that we'd be able to get that out for everyone, but we're gonna bring that same fire back to the Uncivilized podcast. We've got our routines in order. Um we know what's going to be going on, and we're going to bring you guys some good content. So that's the plan. So we can kind of shift gears a little bit. So I kind of want to talk about Uncivilized and what I hope for it. 
and I've kind of written an introductory piece on Medium, and we will have that linked in the description. And I've already mentioned it's sort of the combination of critical of capital, which was to some extent sort of more of our ultra-left or post-leftist sort of um, design or thoughts. And then Wildness Collective was much more mainstream primitivism, uh, neo-Luddism, uh, that sort of stuff. And I kind of think that since me and Brady have developed uh, this project as a whole as, as well, <clears throat> from the critical <laughs> capital to Wildness Collective and now on Civilized, and there is, we, it's not just us too. We, you know, we have uh, someone who designs our thumbnails who might be taking up the editing job and people that we generally talk to about ideas who will help us move forward and making sure what we're talking about is both reasonable and applicable to a general audience. And so even though you guys don't get to see them and they don't necessarily want to be named, they are a big help for both me and Brady. Yeah, much love to everyone who's been helping us out since the uh, Critical of Capital days. We always appreciate it. Everyone that shares our videos, that subscribe to the channel, keep doing that because we want to come back better than we were even before. Exactly. And not only that, but we also have an Instagram page that I believe is up or still in the works. Um, yeah, there was a situation with the Instagram page that I have resolved. So as um, time goes on, by the time this video is up, it'll already be up and we'll have it linked in the, in the YouTube channel about and in the description of every video. So you guys can stay updated on when videos are going to be out topics, stuff like that. I work a lot, so I don't always have time to record, but on my breaks, I can throw up a notification post on the Instagram to keep you guys informed. Yeah. And actually I'm looking at our YouTube channel right now, we're at 245 subscribers and the last video was nearly six months ago. And that was the episode eight with a conversation with Jacoby. And what That's we'll be crazy. doing now. Yeah. What we'll be doing now is reorganizing it, that this will be the first episode, not sort of a episode nine. So it's going to be an entirely different uh, series, so to speak. So while it has sprung out of critical of capital, the sort of message while still similar is also separate from what critical of capital represented. So you will see that we are on civilized episode one, episode two, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're going to keep all those videos up just because I think the topics that we talked about, the things that we were passionate about back then, um, many of those things we're still passionate about. Um, we've just changed our direction and I still mm -hmm. want to have that um, content available for other people uh, to look at, to kind of get an idea of um, what we're about. Yeah. And moving forward, I will definitely, well, it, Critical of Capital had this. I feel like it, it, towards the end, sort of lacked that community aspect. And what I'm hoping for is plenty of feedback on what we're doing. If people want longer episodes, shorter episodes, if they want specific topics to be talked about, they can always comment. Um, follow us or talk to us on Instagram, either our separate accounts or the page for this podcast. Um, anything like that, I want to know. I want to hear the feedback, and I know Brady does as well. And not only that, but if you feel you have something to talk about, not just a topic you can suggest, but if you want to come onto the podcast, while we may not approve of everyone, we are still open to talking to you about coming on. Because it is a big part of building a community in which people can feel they aren't alone in what they are believing and what they're seeing in the world definitely yeah every comment that we got on our videos um even though we didn't get many um back on the old stuff because of obviously our um, our outreach that we've got currently i still liked all the comments even um 
from people who were just starting to get into our ideas who didn't necessarily agree with us, um, but thought what we were talking about was interesting. It's cool. It gives us a reason to keep going. Um, we just want to start connecting with everyone. Show us, um, show us what you want to talk about. Let us know your opinions. And um, we're never afraid to have a conversation. And that also goes for the writing arm. I'm definitely open to obviously recruiting people who are, you know, what you can say are like consistent writers, members of the writing branch. But if you also have something you've written that you think is applicable to what we're preaching, so to speak, then I have no issue either uploading it for you or finding a way to have you upload it without being a, been a member of the Medium page. In the Medium side or the platform is hopefully only temporary because it's really not the best for formatting and uploading can be a bit of a bit of a pain if you're not associated directly with the the publication so we're trying to figure out a website as well it's all stuff that's going on behind the scenes yeah definitely and i'm sure art would appreciate any help with the writing side because um i don't think i've said this on the podcast but i'm not much of a writer um i have a really bad adhd and writing things out um i just can't do it so i'm sure art would appreciate it Oh, yeah. And if anyone is good at designing <laughs> websites as well, we're open to that. Yeah, definitely. Just any ways um, that anyone listening to this podcast, this episode, could think of helping us, um, even if you don't think it's going to be a lot, I'm sure it would mean a lot to us. Just let us know if you have any suggestions or anything that you could help us out with. Yeah. And moving forward, I kind of want to touch on some of the things that have been going on is with the the Amazon rain, you know, wildfires, the melting of major glaciers and things like that. It's, I think, and this is a personal belief I know is shared about some people in our circles is that now is the time to start capitalizing on these ideas to make sure that people, you know, that we can get a foothold in people's minds. And I think that's something that the movement in general, the anti-tech movement, so to speak, is lacking is like a sort of public appeal. But I think that the recent events, especially the radical global ones or envir global environmental issues are good to be capitalized upon. But the issue is, as historically it's always done as liberalism is really beating out the more radical concepts. And that includes, you know, obviously communism, eco-fascism, anti-industrialism, anti-tech, primitivism, et cetera. And I'm not one to actually believe the collapse is coming by any means. I'm not one of those people, and I don't think we should rely on it naturally just happening because we cannot guarantee it's happening. While we are seeing drastic environmental degradation, that does not mean a collapse is coming because we've seen humans push the environment to, it, to its maximum, and it, we're still here, and we still have a developing civilization. It might just slow it down. So I don't think that we should depend on a collapse, but rather depend on tough situations that allow us to get intellectual property into people's minds and to capitalize and to create situations, so to speak. I definitely agree. I think one of my main criticisms of, if I could say our movement as anti-tech people, is that we're really good um, in times like this of explaining or making it very well known that we're angry, um, but we're not not as good at explaining why we're angry and getting other people to understand why we're angry. Um, it, it's not just about 
the person shouting the loudest. It's about getting the most people to listen to your message. So I think we really need to get better at um, not only posting our messages about the ice caps melting, about the, the fires in the Amazon, but we need to explain the connections between um, industrialization, industrial technology, and the global connection that that has to these uh, natural disasters. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, and definitely. I think not just that, but that the reformism of things like the ex- extinction rebellion, the green, the green New Deal, how these things are just again liberal policies that are really just trying to hold off the inevitable or try to make the collapse look a little bit nicer. To think that we're doing all we can when in reality it's almost bare minimum. Yeah, it's just like with with any uh, any medication that's meant for treating symptoms and not curing. Um, you can reduce the the symptoms of our impact that we have on the environment and what's currently going on. Um, but reforming is not going to change anything in the long run. And I feel like that's so obvious that we shouldn't have to say it, but um, I guess not. And that's that's pretty sad, to be honest. I agree. And not only that, but how often people... And I can get split on this, and I understand it sometimes that people are willing to jump to the idea that the 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 rain the wildfires are natural, and to some extent they might be right. Fires happen; they are a natural part of a healthy a, a healthy environment. But we know that the president of Brazil has been endorsing, you know, deforestation or removed limitations on environmental policies, things of that nature and has made remarks against indigenous people. And there is a lot of evidence to show that it's, that it's human caused. And if it's not entirely human caused, human causation is a part of it. And that goes for a lot of environmental issues. But I think that we can make the mistake of automatically assuming something is, quote, a natural occurrence, or it's as bad as people say. Because I do think to some extent, part of the environmental issues we're facing are not as bad as they're publicized to be and that we shouldn't fall victim to that we should look and do our own personal research that's not to say that we don't have an environmental issue because that would be ignorant to say but to say it's to 20 years that the world is not end that's obviously not what these scientists are saying and the media blows that up for political purposes and that's just oh yeah it's personally hold and i know a lot of people disagree yeah, definitely. And it's just a way to try to delegitimize our legitimate concerns about the direction that our species um, not only has taken um, since the Industrial Revolution, but is continuing to take. And we're just plotting along the same course. Um, I don't know. Like, we hear these things all the time about all these natural disasters, hurricanes, this this recent fire. And... Um, it's a lot of people who are, as we were talking about earlier, more prone to reformist action, um, pushing this narrative of obviously solar panels, um, other green technologies, electric cars as a probable solution to our problems. And um, like I was saying earlier, I think we need to push back against that a little bit more. I agree. Especially, and I understand that people, especially people that hold radical environmentalist politics, are 
sort of more subject to perhaps falling into to believing that is because we want to believe it on the basis that it legitimizes our claims. But you can also understand that the issues might not be as big, but also understanding they're still devastating or especially um, with the way liberals endorse environmental assistance or programs is really not that effective. It's in, it's in the way of, you know, plastic straws of the issue. It's not systemic. Oh so, yeah, definitely. We, we see that all the time. Um, the plastic straws, uh, solar panels, like, oh, if we just built more solar panels and we wouldn't need to rely as heavily on coal and on natural gas fracking, uh, destroying, mm -hmm. destroying the environment, causing massive earthquakes and the further shifting of fault lines. Um, like I saw um, earlier this year, um, a news story on Oklahoma and how Oklahoma has had a record number of um, earthquakes relating to natural gas fracking and the pushing of um, the fluids that they use to extract the natural gas out of the earth um, into the ground. And um, the state government of Oklahoma basically uh, recognized that fracking was the cause of these natural disasters. Um, but all they did was increase regulation on the amount of fluids being able to be pumped into the ground to not stopping it. Um, mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. We're living, we're living in a crazy time. Yeah. And it's also uh, important to bring up going back to the, the Amazon deforestation is a lot of the deforestation is an expansion for both industrialism and for agriculture. Uh, McDonald's was is a major link to that. And this was linked back in like 2017 when we found out about this is like which companies. And it's crazy. And so now that we're seeing such a like a larger push for that since Bolsonaro, I hope I'm saying that right, has come into power. It's I can't remember what it what the percentage is, but it's several football fields like an hour are being burned. Yeah, I've heard I've heard the same thing. And um, one thing that I also thought was pretty interesting that I saw a connection made on um, somewhere online. I don't remember exactly where I saw this, but um, not too long ago, a group of indigenous tribes people in that area that the original fire started in had won a court case um, mm -hmm. in the Brazilian courts to stop. Um, I think it was either... Um, industrial soybean farming or animal agriculture farming, um, stopping them from being able to take over more of their lands to plant crops. And a lot of people were making the connection between that victory in the court case um, mm -hmm. to these fires. And I don't want to be conspir um, conspiratorial, but at this point, looking at everything that's been happening recently with that case and then these fires, I think it's something that we should at least have a look at. Yep. And actually, according to the INPE, more than one and a half soccer fields of Amazon rainforest are being destroyed every minute of every day. Is this statistic? Yeah, it's, it's, it's Which wild. is unacceptable. Yeah, the only, the only like... Um, mainstream groups that I've seen trying to combat that is uh, funny enough, Greenpeace. Greenpeace has a pretty big um, organizational structure in uh, Brazil and they basically just get laughed out of their courthouses in Brazil and stuff. So 
I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty torn. I'm not a huge fan of Greenpeace, but it seems like they're doing something right. Of course, a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, I guess you're not wrong. <laughs> but I also, what's interesting is people, uh, vegans, while I understand where they're coming from, um, are too quick to jump on. If you don't eat meat, you're going to save the rainforest. Like, no, that's simply just not true. Because that is the expectation that everyone will stop eating meat. That everyone will move to a plant-based diet. In that a plant-based diet, while it is true, takes up less space. To think that it's going to sustain the large population that we have is, I believe, statistically impo like impossible to be environmentally sustainable, right? But now if oh, now I they completely would completely agree. We, and now they say, oh, well, now you can have a sustainable garden. It's But you can't expect that from everyone. That's just an unexpectable reform. And these reforms, you can't guarantee the last forever as well. You can push for social change. And I do think personal responsibility is a big part of it. But it is not the solution. It is a systemic issue, which lies at the technological economic basis of society, not our diets primarily. Yeah, and I think the... Um... Last thing that I'm at least going to say about the Amazon for now, we might delve into it a little bit further in later episodes. Um, I thought the stat was pretty interesting. Um, Amazon rainforest trees have the highest profit margins out of almost any product created currently, um, even higher profit margins than cocaine. Um, I saw on a YouTube video where one Amazon rainforest tree, um, I believe it was $50, but for some reason, the number 200 comes to my mind. So I'm going to go with 200 to be just be a little bit more safe with it. Um, one Amazon tree can be sold for $200 and be turned into $20,000 worth of wooden products. Um, so I think that's something that we also need to um, need to be very clear about is that it's not just an issue with um, not just an issue with animal agriculture. Um, it's just an issue with with capitalism. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be completely honest, capitalism and our reliance on um, producing massive amounts of commodities to fill whatever need or reason why um, we do those things. But and not, yeah, and that's not the last thing I want to say on it. Yeah, not just having and creating those those you know those items, those commodities. It's the ability because of industrialization to make it possible to make those because there's no way in a personal artisan based economy, a, a feudal or whatever could sustain the amount of commodities being made at the level that they are. And it's interesting you mentioned the Amazon tree, like the profit margins and everything. It's that that reminds me of Karl Marx's critique of the Gotha program where he said labor is not the source of all wealth, but major, nature just as is just as valuable or is mm -hmm. one of the main sources is equal to that of labor. So I think that's interesting that you brought that up. It just reminded me of that because that is true because without the nature, so to speak, right, the natural resources, the, especially that of the limited resources or possible limited resources like trees is how important they are to the economy and people want to ignore that. Yeah. That's something that I'd never even thought about before. Um, but it's it's pretty staggering. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, this is probably going to be the end of our first episode. We're hovering around 25 minutes. 
Um, is there anything else that you wanted to finish out on? I just want to say moving forward, I, I definitely want to push the community. And, you know, obviously this episode was a little weird. It was kind of an introduction and talking primarily about ourselves on Civilized and the Amazon Rainforest. And that's just because coming back, you know, we only have so much we want to put into our, a reintroduction episode. But moving forward, we definitely want to have episodes that are focused around just a few concepts that are, you know, not too long that people can digest quickly, like on the ride to work or school, or if they're just sitting around. So moving forward, you know, suggest topics, you know, don't be afraid to get involved, because that's what this is about. Yeah, definitely. I want, I want to hear from as many people as possible. And um, I'm sure you feel the same way. So just, yeah, get involved. Let us know what you think. Um, if you have any issues with things that we're talking about, let us know as well. Um, like I said earlier, we're always down for discussion and we're not afraid of debate. So yeah, other than that, this has been episode one of the Uncivilized podcast, and I hope you all have a nice day.